Hello, friends. My name's Nick, and today you're listening to the No BS DFS podcast. I'm here with my partner and co-host, Sir Joe, and today we are honored to be covering the Genesis Invitational, formerly known as the Genesis Open. But they tightened up the rules, and Tiger's the host, and he invited all the best players, and they decided to show up. And it's taking place Riviera Country Club. Weather is going to be high 50s, 10 miles per hour winds, so about as simple as it gets. Um, Joe, give us your recap of Pebble. I know it wasn't the most fun tournament to watch. You know, Nick Taylor went wire to wire, but how'd you end up doing? Yeah, so I had a lot of exposure to Jason Day and Dustin Johnson, who obviously did solid. Um, But, yeah, none of my teams had six make the cut. And, you know, that was – and, yeah, just, you know, obviously the field compared to this week, last week was much worse of a field. Um, You know, I'm not a huge fan of the Pro-Am events, to be honest with you. But, you know, um, all in all – you know, wasn't a great week for me just because I had a lot of teams that barely didn't make the money. But in these big GPPs, it's really hard. But I'm switching my approach this week and raising the stakes. So I'm excited for this week which is with this incredible field, which, you know, when Tiger invites you to something, of course they're going to show up, you know. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited for this week. And, you know, uh, also last week, some guys I had that did really solid for me were Maverick McNeely and um, another guy was Matt, uh, Matthew Naismith, both really solid finishes there. And then I had some Brandon Wu, which, you know, I never really heard of him, but I just thought he would, I don't know. I just had a feeling about him, what I was hearing from other people. So I, I liked him and it worked out. Um, but other than that, you know, I had a lot of teams just missed the money. So, you know, but yeah, I don't want to talk any more about last week because this week is just much better of a tournament. And I'm really excited to get into it. So, yeah, the weather conditions don't look too bad. So, yeah, we'll see. Let's get right into it. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. And like you said, you're raising the stakes because uh, the main event is not $5. I'm sure everybody saw it. They boosted it up to 20 So, I guess go big or go home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're we're going out to Riviera this week. Always a great place to play. The field, it's not 165, it's only 120. Par 71, yeah. 7322 yards. It's a it's a bomber's course. Uh you got to you got to be super long, but I know Nick Faldo always says this course will find your weakness. So, if you're not well-rounded, you're going to make bogeys, so you better be good at everything around here. But yeah, bomber's advantage, of course. Uh we got Poa Grass. Kakuya rough and yeah the announcers are going to say that 100 times and it's going to get annoying but it is what it is uh poa what i heard is that it gets beat up throughout the day so if you're going to make showdown lineups pick guys in the morning because it just the greens will start to get bumpy near the afternoon but since there's a morning and an afternoon group there's no real advantage if you're trying to stack a lineup in a four round contest um I found out that course history is important here because looking at the past leaderboards, usually the same guys are up there year after year and the same guys continue to struggle here year after year. So I guess this is a track where it's either you get it or you don't scrambling is going to be huge here because these greens are tiny and you're not going to be able to hit them every time. And there's a lot of slopes on these greens. So you got to be creative. And if you can, you know, get your, get your uh, chip shot from in the rough, say you missed the green, you got to chip it close, and it's it's definitely no easy task to get it within five feet like it is at a lot of these courses. So scrambling is going to be huge. Uh, there's a lot of bendy putts here, so I give an advantage to the veterans out there who know the greens. Um, this course is always known for being the highest percentage of putts missed inside of five feet just because it's kind of just a tap and guess. You know, you just got to hope to put it online, and hopefully it goes in. Par fives, there's one really short one, two fairly longer ones, but that's where you got to make your birdies because there's not a whole lot of opportunities on these par threes and fours because they're they're long. So good luck. Um, again, the leaderboards are kind of the same, so I wrote down that the cream will rise to the top, and it's not going to be like last week, even though 
lot of studs were up there. You know, a seven thousand dollar priced guy is probably not gonna go wire to wire. Cross my fingers saying that, but yeah. So Joe, what key stats did you find important? All right, so yeah, I, uh, I agree with you quite a bit here. Um, you know, I do. Yeah, scrambling is definitely important this week. Um, I really like an interesting stat. I actually am looking into is bogey avoidance because since this course is really tricky, I think the guys that, you know, don't make as many bogeys, that's important. It's also because the winning score here is a lot lower than some tournaments we've had lately. Uh, You know, the last few years, you know, you got winners that are ending up, um, you know, like around, well, last year, J.B. Holmes at 14 under, you know, in 2018, 12 under for when Bubba won. And just, uh, you know, and also uh, in 2017, a little bit of an outlier, 1,700 for Dustin. But this course is obviously, I think it's like top 10 or 12 courses on tour as far as difficulty. And it's very tricky, a lot of dog legs, you know, um, it's sneaky long. So, you know, yeah, I mean, we're going to get into it more. But I also, as far as stats, yeah, I I love strokes gain off the tee. I mean, bombers, this is a bomber's paradise, really. I mean, I know it's not, but it's sneaky long. You know, it's not the longest course on tour. Like, you know, like Torrey Pines we had a few weeks ago. That was much longer, but still bombers here. It's very important. And and if you're not a bomber, the only way you're going to compete is you got to, you know, be really sharp with your long irons all week. And I still think it's important regardless. But, you know, obviously if you're bombing off the tee and you can – uh put it um you know obviously just be able to use your wet wedges you know obviously makes it much easier to pin seek and hit it close to give yourself an opportunity i also like par four efficiency uh between 450 and 500 yards because most of the par fours are very long here that's why this course is tough uh you know one reason anyway so yeah I like guys that have been really consistent making birdies in that range. It's another stat. And then ball striking is always obviously course history. I do agree with you. It's a lot more important this week than other weeks for sure. You know, like you mentioned, you either get it or you don't. I still like T to green this week. Cause I just think in these tricky courses, you know, you just got to be solid everywhere, especially in these really tough fields. So that, you know, I take a little bit of account on that and that, that goes hand in hand with form. Uh, you know, obviously, you look at form every week. Um, so, yeah. Uh, other than that, you know, strokes gain approach. These greens are smaller than typical tournament. Um, but, you know, uh, I still like strokes gain approach, um, even though scrambling too. I mean, obviously, if you, you know, if you can't hit it, if you miss the green, you're going to have to get up and down. And if you hit the green, obviously, the close, if you're solid with your irons and hit it really close to the hole, then – you're going to have the opportunities to make birdies. So other than that, it's about all I got for stats. Um, so let's just get jump right into the DK breakdown here. I'll let you start off. So, uh, you know, give us your picks and fades and who you're liking this week in the uh, 10K and above range. Okay, so we kind of got a big three in the 11Ks with Rory, Rom, and JT, then – Rounding out the bottom of the 10Ks, we got Mr. Tiger Woods and Dustin Johnson. So I'd be a jackass if I said, if you pick one of these guys, you're stupid. It's a bad pick because, you know, basically they're the top five players in the world, give or take a spot in the world rankings or something. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to make a decision. And my decision is I'm going to go with my gut. And my gut tells me, I want the guy who's number one because I want to pick, you know, if these guys don't get first place, they weren't worth the money. So you got to pick the winner, assuming one of these guys wins. So I think the guy who will get first place is the guy who is first in strokes gained approach. He is first in the official world golf rankings, and he is first on this list. And that is Mr. Rory McIlroy. I really love Rory's game. Um, I mean, I love all these guys' games, but I feel like Rory's definitely the most locked for a top five, and I just I think he gets it done this week. Um, 
Yeah, if if I weren't picking Rory though, I would probably let's see, I, I'd probably go down to JT. I feel like JT's just he's sharp as a tack. He's right there. He he didn't play that good at Phoenix and he still got third place. So <laughs> I really like JT and then you know, like I said earlier, I'm not gonna call anybody dumb if they pick one of these guys, but just maybe a reason against the other three is Rom, he's got a temper and uh, these greens, everybody's going to miss, you know, a five footer, everybody. I, I would be shocked if somebody went a hundred percent of their five footers this week, just because some of them are just tricky and you can't get them all to go in and I feel like John's emotions might get the best of him. And yeah, so that, that'd be the only argument against Johnny. Then tiger, it's, this might sound dumb, but he's the tournament host. He's got a lot of obligations. He got to do media stuff, charity stuff, talk to people and, he just might not be able to bring his best focus. And then Dustin, um, I mean, it's shocking to see him that cheap at 10000 on the button. But Dustin, he's coming off a knee surgery. And to be honest, I wasn't really that impressed with his game last week at Pebble. I thought he would have did a lot better. And I know he's coming off of a tournament in Europe and maybe a jet lag or he just didn't really care. Just kind of a for fun pro-am with his father-in-law, Wayne Gretzky. But, you know, he just – he's coming off knee surgery, and sometimes Dustin can be really streaky with the putter, and I feel like he's in one of his bad spells. So if I were going to pick, I would pick Rory, and then my second choice would be JT. But, Joe, I'm curious to hear your arguments. Who do you like in this range? Okay, so, yeah, uh, out of these five guys, I mean, I'll rank them. My favorites, you know, honestly, yeah, I really like – I'm kind of leaning your way now. I really like Rory as my favorite play in this range uh, just because I think he's going to be overlooked. He's at the top. People, you know, are trying – they're not going to – they'd rather go down to Dustin. I mean, I think Dustin will be the chalkiest guy because he's got the best history here out of all these guys. And, he, and he, you know, he's uh, only – he's the cheapest, 10000 So, but, yeah, you know, I like obviously I like all these guys, but my favorite play is probably Rory. I just think – you know, he's just such a – obviously just, you know, well, he's now the best player golfer in the world as far as the rankings are concerned, so, of course. But, you know, obviously just, you know, all these – actually, I was going to mention, too, all five of these guys, you know, I've had last year had solid finishes. You got JT, T2, you know, second place, Rory, fourth place, Dustin, ninth, Rom, ninth, and then – uh and then Tiger finished 15th. So, I mean, all five of them, you know, are probably going to finish right up there again. Uh, most of the studs will be up there. Um, so, obviously, we got an amazing feel this week. But anyway, as far as, you know, my fade, my easy fade in this range, I mean, it's not an easy fade, but it's Tiger. I mean, you know, it's his tournament, like you mentioned. He's got other obligations. Um, you know, he obviously did really well at the farmers, you know, and obviously Tiger's, you know, one of the greatest ever, but, um, you know, I just, I just think he's not going to be all there this week. He'll, I mean, my guess is he finishes, you know, like T20 to T30 range, just okay. And maybe, and I, and hopefully, cause I'm not going to probably play him and I'll hopefully he does worse than that. But, you know, I just, but yeah, I like all the other four. I mean, Dustin though. Yeah. I understand. Honestly, since he, I got to see ownership projections, but Dustin, um, you know, definitely could be a fade for me too if he's going to be the chalkiest by far because I'd, I don't have a problem paying up with the top three, Rom, JT, and Rory, because I there's some guys at the bottom here and get into it later, um, the 7 and 6K range that I like. So, yeah, but anyway, obviously these are all just studs and, you know, it's a big – you know, a big non-major tournament this week. So they're all probably going to be right up there in contention wanting to do well at Tiger's tournament. So other than that, yeah, that's really all I got. Obviously, they check all the boxes. You know, there's no – there's not much cracks in their games. They're just the best in the world. So Sure, exactly, exactly. So uh, how about we have you spinning off in the 9K range? Give me, you know, your favorite plays – Guys, you're not liking, you know, this is a tricky range this week because most of the time, or basically all the time, barring majors and WGCs and the players, 
these players are the 10Ks and 11Ks, but now they're the 9Ks. So how are you going to go about that? Yeah, so honestly, I'm fading most of these guys this week, but I have my favorite play by far, and that is uh, – well, I, I shouldn't say that. I have a few guys I really like. But anyway, an easy fade right away for me, even though you know I could be way wrong, but Adam Scott, he hasn't played golf since he won the Australian PJ Championship, you know, uh, before Christmas of last year. So I just, you know, I just think he's going to come in a little rusty. And at this price, uh, you know, at 9,000, I just, um, you know, I, I don't think like he might finish like 30, you know, T30 or something or T40, but it's just not going to be good enough. And even if he does a little better than that still, because I also am not Tony Fina, you know, he just, choked at the waste management phoenix open which led to my game with web uh web outright that but uh you know i just obviously tony you know he's a great great golfer up you know young guy getting better and better but i just i think i'm gonna fade him too at 9100 i just don't have a good feeling about it but my favorite plays in this range um you know i really like xander at 9200 just continuously playing really solid golf. He, he did he had a poor performance at the Farmers Insurance Open. He you know, he missed the cut there actually a few weeks back. But I just think you know, Xander, you can't ignore his just capability of you know, winning and just you know, he's one of the gains the most strokes off the tee out of anyone obviously cuz you know, not just his distance but it's more his accuracy and together and just yeah, I just really like Xander, all-around great game. You know, I also um, – and then another, obviously, Bubba's record here. You know, every even year, it seems like he wins here. He just, you know, won back in 2016, won back in 2018. So now, you know, is he going to do it again, you know, win this year in 2020? So, obviously, Bubba, I mean, you got to love his form, you know. Starting out the new year, T6 at the Farmer's Insurance, T3 at the Waste Management. He obviously, I mean, just two top tens in a row. I mean, Bubba, he's getting his game back, and this is one of his favorite tracks on tour. So he'll definitely likely be up there, um, you know, and he's going to be a popular guy. I mean, obviously, at 9600 his price is way elevated from what we've seen it lately, but – you know, I like Bubba. Um, he'll be in some of my lineups for sure because I'm raising the stakes this week, doing less lineups. But uh, you know, um, than I usually do. I'm doing like ten to twelve instead of twenty. Spending more money though, obviously, because the main event this week they raised it up to twenty dollars instead of five. So I'm excited about that. Um, and then I really like Patrick Cantley at ninety eight hundred. You know, he, just like the other guys, he's had great history here. He just finished T11 at the Pro-Am last week. And obviously, you know, he could compete in these tough fields. And when there's, a you know, all the best golfers playing, it doesn't matter. He obviously strikes the ball brilliantly. One of the best on tour. And with his irons and, you know, off the tee, he can be wild. But, you know, I just think... You know, I like him actually as an outright this week uh, a little bit. So I like Cantley at ninety eight hundred. I usually don't play him to be honest because he's all a lot of people like to play him a lot. So he's kind of popular. But yeah, other than that, you know, my fades are Fino and Scott at the bottom of the range, and then I also am fading Brooks Kepka ninety four hundred. I mean, this is obviously a great price for him, but he just hasn't really. You know, he's just. I just don't think he's going to have his mind here. I think he's got other plans. I just don't expect him, you know, to really come for this tournament. It's just he actually hasn't played here much in the last few years. And then the year he played, he missed the cut. So I just I just think his he's got other plans in L.A., you know. I don't think – I just – he's a fade for me because I just like Canley so much more and Xander and then – you know, that's why I said this This range is tricky, a lot of great golfers, but I'm fading most of these guys because I'd rather pay up for JT, Rahm, and Rory at the top. Um, and then the only other guy I guess I didn't mention, Hideki, same thing. I, I don't mind him, but I just – he's been solid here, and obviously 
but he's just his putter just continuously lets him down his downfall. I just and he forty fifth at the Farmers a few weeks ago. You know he's just he did solid at the waste management, but I just he's a fade for me this week. I, I again I just don't you know. So I'll let you get your picks though, or what are your thoughts on the nine K range? That's all I got. Yeah, so the 9K range, I agree with you. Where If I'm going to play a lot of lineups, I'm going to pay up for the big three. But, you know, with, with these guys, uh, my favorite play is just a guy that I feel like he's locked for a made cut, and I'd, I'd be shocked if he didn't finish in the top 15, and I can easily see him getting second or third place right behind McElroy. And that's Bubba Watson. He's the horse for the course. He, like you said, he wins it every even year. Um, you know, what more do I have to say? He shapes the ball left and right, every direction. He's a, he's an artist around the greens, and you know, this is just his course. Bubba's got a few courses every year, and this is one of them. Um, then exactly. I, I also like. Uh, Xander, too. I feel like Xander's just got the all-around game, like you said. Nothing really more for me to add there. You touched on it well. And then uh, Cantley. Cantley's a great scrambler, and he hits the ball a long ways, and you know, basically the same as Xander. He's good all-around. I'm not going to beat a dead horse with that. So, my fades, Brooks. I agree with you. He's probably got other plans. You know, he's going to L.A., and He's going to try to go to you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. So, Brooks, you know, he just – he's not going to bring his complete focus like he has at the majors. And I think he's won like four majors, and he's only won one regular tournament. So, he <laughs> probably doesn't give a shit about it. And, yeah. So, I mean, I know he's the number one or two golfer in the world, but that's in majors. This is a tournament. Then we got uh, another guy that I'm fading – and this guy coming in with excellent form, and that's uh, Tony Finau. I'm right on it with you, but my reason for fading him is a little different than yours. And that's uh, – I looked back at when Tony finished second because he's finished second like three times or, or like five times in like the last couple of years, and he always does actually pretty shitty after he finishes second. So, you know, maybe he's not able to come back strong with – take it as a positive you know he probably dwells on it a little bit so yeah i'm not really liking tony but then um i'll kick us off into the 8k range i'll just say the players we got we got jason day mark leishman patrick reed j rose spieth phil answer morikawa and in so this range, if you're going to play gpps it's definitely going to be the lowest owned and it's definitely the most volatile but I think the safest pick of all these guys is dead smack in the middle, 8,500, just clearly underpriced Justin Rose. I know he missed it at Farmers, but, I mean, come on. This, this is just a pure mistake by DraftKings. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Ex- yeah, exactly. J. Rose, I mean, I, I would still pay for him if he was the same price as Dustin. So, yeah, you, you, I mean, if you're going to play lineups, definitely go with J. Rose, especially in cash. I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, then, so yeah, he's my favorite play. Then I also, uh, I mean, I really don't like a lot of these guys because I'll get into that in a second, but I guess if I were to go with my second play, probably be Patrick Reed. I know he doesn't really have that good a form and he hasn't really played here that much. It looks like the only time he played here in the last few years was 2017 where he got 59th. So he doesn't have the form or the history, and that just shows you how little I like this range if he's my second favorite. But, yeah, my, my fades are going to be the Young Bucks, Morikawa, and M. I just feel like I really want a veteran around this course because I was watching the highlights from years past, and these greens, they're like Augusta where you just got to know them. It's either you know it or you don't, and you don't learn it after one year. And M missed the cut last year here because he probably just wasn't able to figure out the green complexes. And Morikawa's never played here before. So, you know, they might make the cut, but usually when you pick those guys, you think they're a lock. And I really don't think they are this week. And I also feel like the ceiling <coughs> is a lot lower than normal. Like, normally they can probably get a top five even. I feel like the best they do this week's maybe top 25. So I'm not liking them. Uh, Spieth and Phil – 
both coming off good finishes at Pebble, but I'm not going to weigh that too highly. I mean, that's just a horrible field. I'd just rather have Rose, honestly, just just Justin Rose. I, I don't want Spieth. I don't want Phil. You know, if you're going to throw a dart at maybe a team or two and you're playing 20 lineups, yeah, give Spieth a chance. I know his driver, a lot of people are saying he switched his grips and he's gained strokes the last few times out, but. Yeah, I really don't like this range, but Joe, I mean, who do you like? Are you liking it or no? Yeah, I'm not liking it either, to be honest with you. Um, but I love Rose right at 8,500. You know, he's my favorite play by far. I'd, if he was 10,500, I'd still pay him this week. And I wish he was because he'd be freaking even way lower owned. But he's going to probably be decently owned just because his price is so cheap. Obviously, you know. Night, he missed the cut at the Farmers his last tournament he played, but I'm not too concerned with that. He's a world-class golfer. He can hit it a long way. He can get hot with his irons. He can putt. He can scramble. You name it. I like Rose. He's in a lock him in this week because he, you know, could easily win the whole thing. And I just – he's my favorite play by far. Spieth at 8,400. I don't mind him, but I also – He's not going to make much of my teams just because, you know, he just quite isn't there yet. He, uh, yeah, I heard the same thing where he switched his, people were saying he switched his grips up, but, you know, when he's starting, he actually gained a stroke off the tee, uh, gained some strokes off the tee, you know, in the last few tournaments, I believe. Um, but, you know, still, he's just not, obviously still not, you know, where he needs to be by any means. And his putter has been letting him down. So, not how, you know, but obviously that can come on at any point. And that's why he's in play still, because if it comes on, you know, he could easily finish right up there because um, he can obviously, he can definitely scramble well sometimes too. And his irons have been decent lately. So other than that, yeah, I like Patrick Reed at 8,600. He seems to do really well in these tough field and events like this and also courses that are longer. And he's like one of the, the top guys is some of my favorite stats this week as far as that efficiency and those, you know, and, and this and the tough par fours we got here. So I like Reed at 8,600, uh, you know, um, right just behind Rose in this range. But then, yeah, everyone else is basically a fade to me. Leishman, you know, obviously he can play well sometimes. He can compete, but I – and he just won the Farmers, you know, obviously – and then before that, T28 in the Sony, so he's playing well, but he's a fade for me, you know, just too ex- – I'd rather just easily, you know, put in roles, and I just don't like this range. So same with Phil. Obviously, I was wrong about Phil last week. Again, you know, Pebbles is course. You know, I'm, I'm not going to make that mistake again, but he's obviously still getting older and stuff. So I just think Phil, you know, he might make the cut and stuff and play all right, but he's a fade for me as well. I just don't like this range at all. So I'm just basically, you know, slotting in rows in a lot of my teams and maybe some read, maybe speed on one or two. And then that's about it. And more Kyle, yeah. You know, if you're new to this course, you usually struggle because it's very tricky around the, you know, the greens and the slopes and the dog, everything. Just, you know, this course is, you know, it's, you got to be very creative around here. So, Morikawa has yet to miss a cut in his PGA Tour career, which is crazy, but just consistent as ever. But, yeah, I just, you know, 8,100, I just – I'm not really feeling it this week. Um, him, and then same with M. I like M all right. I like M more than Morikawa, but he missed the cut last year here, I believe. So, but obviously he took – him just took a week off finally. Seems like the guy never takes a week off, but he did, so – you know, maybe he'll be more refreshed. And I do expect him to bounce back this year and make the cut. And, you know, I think he could finish, like, in the top 30. But I just – like, he might make a team or two. He's kind of like Spieth for me since he's just so, you know, the cheapest in the range at 8,000. So I like him a little bit. Other than that, Avery Answer has had some success here. But he's – you know, he's more of a short – he's not the longest hitter. He's not, like, super short, but he's also – I just, I just don't. I'm not feeling answer 8200 either. So he's a fade for me. Phil's a fade. You know, at Leishman's a fade. And then the only other guy I didn't mention, Jason Day. It's obviously, same thing. He actually doesn't have great history here at all. But obviously, lately he's been playing well, starting the new year. Um, but yeah, he's a fade for me as well, though. I think 
I just I just like some guys better, like I mentioned. I'd rather pay up for some guys, and there's a lot more cheaper guys I'm going to take chances on because I'm going to be in the big GPPs this week. So that's all I got for the 8K range. So I'll let you uh, start us out in the 7K range. So who you're liking, who you're not liking, and all any thoughts you got with everyone. Yeah, so it seems like we've been in a lot of agreement so far, but I have a feeling this range we might have some disagreement. I'm kind of going a little bit against the grain here. So to get into it, um, one pick that I think well everybody likes is 7,900 Paul Casey. Like Justin Rose, he's just purely underpriced, and maybe he doesn't come through, but, I mean, you got to take the chance. I mean, it's Paul Casey, guys. Uh, he's made the cut here five years in a row. Um, he doesn't have the greatest form, but he's just, he's a world-class player. I mean, you don't need to overthink that one. 7,900. It's just, that's a bargain. Uh, then moving down, uh, another veteran. And again, I'm favoring the veterans this week is I am liking myself some 7,800 Matt Cooper, <coughs> four made cuts in a row here. Uh, his worst finish in the last four years is 28th place. He's gotten 28th, 26th, 22 and 8th. And, uh, I mean, he doesn't ever do super good here, I guess, but he does good enough. And at 7,800, shit, a top 25 is all you need. Um, then I also like, uh, here's where my controversy might start, is I like 7,900 Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, his course history here, and he's played here the last three years, 15th, 41st, uh, withdraw, so you can throw that one out. So 15th and 41st, pretty solid. Um, he finished 52nd at Waste Management, otherwise he hasn't really played in the States much, and I don't have the stats from the Euro Tour, but I, I don't think he did very well. I know he missed a cut in like Abu Dhabi or Saudi Arabia, wherever they play. But yeah, I like DeChambeau, and here's my reasoning, is that this course is kind of... It's, it's the test for the ultimate strategist. You have to be able to navigate your way around the course. And, you know, he's been bulking up. He's going to hit the ball a little bit further than he used to. So I feel like he maybe gains 10, 15 yards, and uh, that always helps. But, yeah, it, it's a lot of angles at this course. you got to put yourself in position. Similar to Pebble last week where I know Phil in the media said, you got to know where to hit it in the fairway. Just because you're in the fairway doesn't necessarily mean you have a good shot at the green. And I feel like that's relatively similar to this week. So, you know, Bryson, he's a he's the whiz kid. He's got all of his books and all that shit out, and he's going to know where to put it. Maybe he doesn't execute it, but I feel like I'd rather ride with a guy that at least knows what he should do. And um, to back that up, I looked at last year, and on the 10th hole, the really short par four that you can drive it maybe. I mean, it's tough to get it on the green, but, like, they had some stat where – more often than not, you birdied it if you went for the green and you, like, made a par if you laid up. But anyways, Bryson, like, it's, you know, you when when your guy gets to that hole, you're hoping for a birdie. It's like 330-yard par four. You think, okay, just drive it next to the green, chip it to five feet, knock it in. And, you know, a lot of people don't birdie it. It's actually not one of the easiest holes, but he birdied it every single day. So that really gives me confidence that he's he's really going to think out there. And I, I want a guy who's actually thinking about every shot. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like DeChambeau and Casey and Kucher. Then moving down to this middle range, um, I'd be willing to throw a dart or two at Charles Howell III. This is one of his courses. He's a California guy. He's made the cut here like three years in a row, and he's gotten like two top 15, so he's good around here. And, that, you know, that speaks for itself considering the strength of the field. I know it was never this strong in the past, but still always pretty good field. But what worries me about CH3 is that his form has been like a lot more volatile lately, whereas usually he's Mr. Consistency. Now he's kind of not. Uh, he missed the cut at AMX, which that was a shit field, but – you know, he didn't miss it by much. He might have missed it by a shot or two, and then he hasn't played since. So who knows what you're going to get. But if you're playing lineups, definitely give him a crack. He could do it. Uh, this is a guy that I just don't know about. But, again, like Charles Howell, you got to throw a dart on him if you're playing enough lineups. If you're playing one, probably not pick him. But 7,500 Max Homa, just playing the best golf of his career. And maybe he can keep the streak alive. Maybe not. 
So he's worth a pick. Uh, moving down, another guy I like is Alex Noren at seventy three hundred. Uh, he just he seems like he shows up for these big boy events, kind of on a smaller scale, like to Xander. How Xander usually wins these, you know, WGCs and stuff like that. And Noren's kind of the same way, just you know, obviously not as good. But hey, this guy's the former like number eight ranked player in the world. He's no slouch, and he's an excellent scrambler. He's ranked in the top five this year in scrambling on the tour. So I never really pictured him as a scrambler, but hey, I mean the stats don't lie, and he hits the ball long ways he's well into the 300s i'm sure so his history he only played here one time but he did good he got 16th place and his form is pretty solid he's made every cut he's played in i know he made it at sony amx and pebble which obviously those aren't like that good of fields compared to this week so who knows how he can do but hey i'll i'll give alex a crack at it then you know i just have to mention this and a lot of people don't like to back guys coming off a win, so like Nick Taylor, but I have a different take on it, and that's that most people, they're referring to when a good, you know, because normally a good golfer wins, not a cheaper golfer on DraftKings. And, yeah, the good golfer who wins, yeah, maybe they don't win again, but the thing is your expectations, say they cost 10000 The next week, yeah, you, you expect them to get a top three again, and, Maybe they get 12th place. Yeah, that, that isn't good. But Nick Taylor, for him to be good, he has to make the cut. And whenever a, you know, kind of a shittier golfer doesn't, or whenever they win, they never not miss the cut. They always make it. Just always. Every time I've seen it, they always make the cut the next week. I know Max Homa did it last year when he won at whatever tournament he won. And, you know, I could say lots of examples, but. Yeah, I'm going to stick to the narrative and my own personal anecdote, my eye test, and I'm going to give him a crack. And additionally, he's made the cut here the last four years, so I don't know why people don't like him. I just think that's just asinine. And, yeah, I don't really like any of these really cheap plays, but, you know, my my big guys that I'm going to fade here that I just really like the least is probably going to be Sergio, 7,800. I don't know why the hype's on him this week. I know couple other podcasters are talking him up, but I don't want to touch him with 10-foot pole. I feel like he's the biggest temper in golf, and he's going to miss a few putts. Who knows? He might throw a club. If they have a prop bet on that, maybe I'll bet that he breaks a club this week. He'll be so pissed. Um, another guy I don't like is uh, Cameron Champ. Yeah, he's the longest hitter on tour, but he's just about sucks at everything else, and like I said earlier, Nick Faldo says this course will find your weakness, and he just has too many weaknesses. So this isn't the week for Cam Champ. And then another guy that really let a lot of people down last week, and I didn't play him at all, so I was I had a big grin on my face. That's Russell Knox. Everybody thought he was a lock to make the cut, and he didn't finally. So I'm not going to Russell Knox this week. This isn't the course for him either. And then another guy that I just really don't like – and that's uh, Jim Furyk. I think Jim's good season last year was kind of a fluke, and he's just too short to to work his way around this course. But, Joe, uh, I guess uh, let's hear your picks. All right. So, yeah, we have some agreement. But, yeah, you're right. We do have some disagreement. So, um, I – my favorite play in this range is probably Alex Noren, like how you mentioned. He's actually, surprisingly, yeah, one of the best scramblers on tour. He's just – I just believe he plays really well in these tougher fields and tougher events like this. So at 7,300, I think that's – and he's obviously great form lately. So I like him a lot um, for sure. And then – so I'll be playing him in a lot of my – lineups um you know like you mentioned yeah that's surprising nick taylor i don't mind him now i mean you're kind of uh convincing me to maybe play him in some lineups but yeah uh nick taylor's fine at 7200 other than that yeah i'm fading a lot of these guys because i'm taking you know some risk with my teams how i'm setting it up i'm doing a more stars and scrubs build on most of my uh, most of my teams so I'm not really I'm not I don't really have many 7k range guys I'm playing or that I even like obviously Paul Casey's the one that stands out 
7,900. Had a very poor round, final round. Shot an 81 at uh, Pebble in the final round. So this was just the last tournament last week. But obviously, Paul, Casey, you know, that's just a great value. Um, so you can't not like him. Obviously, all-around good golfer. Uh, you know, Bryson, I'm not going to play him at all, but I see your points for sure. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if he – you know, finishes in the top 10. He definitely could. Um, but I, but yeah, for me, I agree with you. Sergio at 7,800, easy fade. His form just really hasn't been there. Um, you know, this course, everyone's talking him up because I guess it sets up well for him and he's had good history or whatever else. But yeah, Sergio's a fade. Kucher, another guy that stands out. He'll be popular. 7,800, you know, obviously, like you mentioned, Keep, continues to make the cut here, which, you know, he's consistent like that. Anyway, he makes most cuts, but he's obviously can compete and be right up there. So I like Kucher. J.B. Holmes, the defending champ. Well, obviously his form has been absolutely excellent lately. Just like how you mentioned about Max Homa. Um, you know, he's playing the best golf of his life at the moment. I mean, Holmes, you know, three consecutive top 16 uh t16s so and jb's the defending champ but i'm gonna fade him just because for those reasons i i think he's gonna be way too home for those you know i think he's gonna have too much ownership so i'll fade him and then ryan moore has actually pretty solid history even though he's not he's kind of a short knocker but and the sad I like, you know i don't mind him at 7600 because he's really good with his long irons that's why he's had and he's a great ball striker, so that's why he's had a lot of success here. Um, you know, Max Homa, like you mentioned, I I can't not want to play him. I mean, at 7,500, he might not make any of my teams, but, you know, he's playing just – his form's just excellent. Uh, so, you, you know, I don't mind if you guys want to play him. You know, three consecutive top 14s in the last three tournaments he's played to start the new year. But a sneaky play I'm actually starting to get on uh, is Brendan Todd at 7,400. You know, I don't think he's going to necessarily do too well, but I think he's going to make the cut. You know, he's a great scrambler, and, you know, he's played pretty solid to start off the year. So I don't have a problem with Brendan Todd. I think he'll be super low on compared to these other guys. So, and I, you know, I think he could do all right. So, you know, make the cut anyway, so I like him. But other than that, that's really about it. Um, I got to say, uh, another guy that could potentially – I feel like he's either going to do really bad or maybe be right up there, but Corey Connors at 7,000. I'd kind of get – it's kind of interesting, very cheap. Um, obviously a great iron player and, you know, solid form, and he can compete, but um, – yeah, I mean, the only reason why I might play him is just because his price is just so cheap. But, yeah, I'm with you with Jim. Jim's an easy fade for me. He can't compete at this type of tournament. I mean, he's had some good finishes here in the past, but he's obviously, you know, he just uh, – I just – I can't. This year, not only his form hasn't been there um, lately. Well, I mean, it's the only tournament I guess he played – you know, he finished 69 of the uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am, but, you know, that field was obviously like the worst field of the year, and he still did that poor. So I just – I'm out on Jim. He obviously can't hit it very long at all. Other than that, you know, everyone else is basically fades to me. I really just don't – I just don't like this range a whole lot. I really don't have much else to say, Um, you know. Yeah, everyone else is basically just fades. I just don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna make the cut. Most of them, to be honest, and the ones that do, you know, there might be a few that end up at the top. But yeah, I just don't like Molinari. This price at seven thousand, man, that is so cheap for him, kind of. But at the same time, his form's been horrible. So I just don't you gotta resist it. I know it's tempting. But yeah, you just gotta yeah. resist it. Yeah, I just I can't play him, you know. He, he's just been playing awful. So, other than that, you know, Piercy, Hadwin, you know, Bradley, all these guys, Paul Ryan Palmer, I mean, they all could, you know, 
if they're but they're just this isn't the greatest course for these kind of guys and this is just obviously you got such a great field so it's likely a lot of these guys miss the cut this week or if they make it you know they barely make it it's just not worth playing them really i just like some other guys better so yeah other than that it's really all i got for this range because i'll get into my i've i actually there's some plays i like that are cheaper that i'll be playing so to fit my stars and scrubs build so let's get into it i'll start us off here in the 6k range my favorite play sung king at 6700 um solid solid history here and then on top of that you know, the guy gains a lot of strokes off the tee. I know at the Pro-Am, he didn't have the patience, I don't think. He missed – because he did – T-16 at the Farmer's Insurance. And I just – he missed the cut last week. So, I'm out on him. Um, well, I mean, I'm in on him this week, but I understand why people might want to be out on him. That's why I like him because I think he's going to be very low-owned. So, you know, I like him as a really cheap play. I I – I kind of like Dylan Fratelli, 6,700. He sneakily hits it pretty long, and he's had some good history here, so I don't mind him. But my favorite plays, just to jump right in as of now, Luke List at 6,600, solid form, good history here. Always, you know, finishes right up there at these type of field tournaments, and, you know, his history is pretty solid here. So I like Luke List. I think he could surprise once again. I think people are going to overlook him. Scott Stallings at 6,400. I don't mind him. He checks some boxes for me as far as, you know, the bogey avoidance. St- uh, interesting stat I looked at, and he has decent issues. I like him at 6,400. Another guy, Aaron Badley at 6,300. Surprisingly great history here. So, And his form lately has been pretty solid. Uh, so I don't mind him as well. Other than that, my cheapest guy that I'm – gonna play is Kevin Tway at 6200 you know the guy hits it a long way he's in good form t30 at the farmer's insurance and yes I know you guys are already saying well he's missed the cut two or three years in a row here so how can but look at his price 6200 and he'll be like less than a percent owned probably or and he he you know he checks all the box to play well he just and he's right now he's in you know arguably the best form he's been in in a while because he really hasn't you know done it but so I like Kevin Tway quite a bit uh to take a you know a dart throw a shot on to make the cut because I think he will finally make the cut this year at this tournament other than that obviously the rest of these guys are just fades for me you know I also I mean I guess another guy like Joel Damon at 6500 um you know his history's okay here but yeah, I just think I don't know. I just have a good feeling about Joel Damon this week, and uh, other than I mean, yeah. So I'll be playing him. He'll have some exposure to him, and then Carlos Ortiz at sixty eight hundred. Really good history here. Sets up well for this course, so won't spend too much time on him. But I like him as well. So other than that, that's all I got for this range. Everyone else is just kind of fades for me. So yeah, Nick, who do you got in this range? Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm not playing a whole lot of lineups this week, but even if I were, I would really avoid this range just because I just feel like it's just a uh, walking on a landmine because, you know, those top guys, you can basically pencil in like 45 of them to make the cut. So that only leaves 20 spots left. And these guys, like, there's just such a big difference. So I really don't like playing in this range, but, you know, just a guide, maybe if you want to go stars and scrubs, I kind of like uh, Carlos Ortiz. You know, he's got the history here. I'm sure you heard that five times on different podcasts already. But he's got the history here, and he's got pretty good form. So he's one pick. Uh, like you said, Luke List, he can he can rip it off the tee. If he can just buy a few putts this week, he's got a crack. Uh, then another guy at 6,500, Pat Perez. I think Pat grew up around this course, and, you know, he might have been a member as, like, a kid or something. So, at least I know Pat knows the course well. So, I guess that's something to mention. Um, another guy, he's made every cut that he's played in this year, and he only played in this tournament one time, but he got 20th place. So, 6,300, Taylor Gooch. He's a great iron player, a great, great long iron player, I should add. Uh, he doesn't hit it the farthest, but he's 
not a short knocker, I wouldn't say. He's probably just below average. So Gooch at 6,300 if you want to go stars and scrubs. And then, uh, you know, just as like a complete kind of just a for fun pick maybe. And, again, with how I said, like, the winner, when a shitty guy wins a tournament, the next time they usually make the cut. Well, this is the same thing I noticed with, with something else similar. And that's when, like, a shitty guy is playing with two really good or two, like, good golfers. They usually play better, and that just could be the vibes of the group. And and that's uh, Steve Stricker. He's in the feature group this week with Tiger and JT. So maybe Steve uh, shows up in the spotlight, 6,100. Uh, he hasn't played here in three years, but actually in 2016 he got 11th place. So, I mean, Stricker could do it, I guess. Um, then just I just want to take a moment to really say my frustration with Nate Lashley. I mean, I played him last week quite a bit, and that wimp with Drew, I mean, come on, Nate, really? I mean, he did that at the last Pro-Am too, so I knew I was taking a risk, but I mean, he just kind of stranded the amateur, the celebrity that he's playing with, and they just had to be by themselves, like, just kind of an asshole. Um, yeah, so I guess yeah. other than that, I mean, I am just really upset with this guy still, so I'm biased and I'm not going to play him, and that's uh, Lonto Griffin, 6,800, because he screwed me over at uh, – what was it? Farmers when he was chalk. So, you know what, Lonto, I hope you missed the cut this week. <laughs> he goes missed cut at farmers and then people still weren't off of him yet. And they probably played him again and he missed the cut at Phoenix. And then all of a sudden he gets ninth place. Like what the hell? <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely not on team Lonto. So I hope he misses the cut. And uh, yeah, then just to give you guys maybe something to close on is, this week, you know, there's only 120 players, so it's not going to be impossible to get your six for six. So don't count your chickens if you got your six for six. You know, like usually it's like seven percent gets uh, all six through the cut, but this week it's probably going to be more towards 10, 11 percent. So you're definitely going to have to battle it out. Um, yeah, I guess that about does it for me. Um, I guess we'll make some outright picks. Yeah, I got a quick mention. You sold yeah. me on Gooch. I overlooked him. I'll be playing him actually because he he competes in these type of tournaments. Definitely, I like Gooch. So sixty three hundred. So yeah, guys, I like him a lot. Uh, if you if you don't feel like you want to play Tway, yeah, play Gooch. But yeah, let's just get right into the outrights. I'll let you start us off. Yeah. You know, so any outright picks you like? Sweet. Yeah. Uh, if I if I were betting outright, I think I would just lay down a. Lay down a quick Benny on Rory, seven to one. Maybe you can find him at eight to one if you're lucky. But shit, I just I think he gets the dub this week. He's he's just too good. Um, if I want to take a, a gamble, you know, I'd probably throw throw a couple bucks on uh, Xander twenty two to one. I'm seeing him at J Rose forty to one. I mean. <laughs> I feel like if J Rose wins, the bookies are going to be taking a big hit because I'm sure other people have bet him already. Uh, Jordan Speed, fifty-five to one. I mean, the guy has great win equity, so you know, maybe five, mm-hmm. ten bucks on him. Uh, DeChambeau, I, I'd put a couple bucks on him at fifty to one. I just some of these guys, I just would never bet on outright, like Finau or just the people that don't really win. Even like Cantley doesn't really win tournaments that much. And, like, also, who else doesn't really win? I mean, most of these guys do up here, but just kind of the top guys like Fino, Cantley, uh, Phil really doesn't win tournaments. Let's see, who else? But, yeah, yeah you guys get the point. Uh, complete just long shot bets is, uh, let's see, I, I really like where Max Homa's game at, so not 90 to 1. I'd be willing to throw a couple bucks on him. I just with with these long shots, I want somebody who's in really good form. I don't care what your name is. Like I don't care if your name's Francisco Molinari and you have a major under your belt. If you're not playing good, you're just. I mean, think about it like this. So last week, obviously, uh, not so good golfer compared to the other guys. Won the tournament. 
he had to beat out Dustin and Cantley and Jason Day. Well, think of how much harder it is to win when you got to beat Dustin, Rory, Justin Thomas, Justin Rose, Tiger Woods, uh, John Rahm, you name it. You got to beat everybody. And just, I mean, they might be able to beat five of them, but they can't beat 25 of them. So I'd definitely be throwing more money on a better golfer this week. But, Joe, yeah, who who are you going to bet on this week if you're going to bet? Yeah, Rose obviously stands out. I agree. The books will take a big hit if he wins because I'm sure he'll be a popular outright pick. You know, I don't have the odds right in front of me, but I looked at him earlier. You know, Rose, yeah, I think he was like 40 to 1 or something. Um, So I like Rose a lot. Xander, I believe I saw him at 22 to 1. You know, can't go wrong there. Um, So I like Xander, you know, with his win equity, definitely can win this week um other than that you know obviously yeah if you guys you know if you're feeling one of the top dogs just put a you know put a benjamin on them or something and you know go from there because um you know i think one of the top dogs are going to win this week you know i like all of them jt uh you know rory um and uh, well, maybe Rom if you really like Rom. I know you're not into him, Nick, but yeah, I mean, all these guys definitely have the win equity. And but I'll say a long shot. Alex Norn at a hundred to one. I like that this week. I'm gonna throw you know ten bucks on that. So if he wins, that'll be a grand. So I like that as a potential long shot. Other than that, basically anyone that I've said I really liked, I'm willing to bet this week. Everyone else, not so much. As far as value, though, yeah, um, you know, Rose is obviously a great value this week to win, so he's probably my favorite bet. Um, and I also like Cantley too at twenty-eight to one. Um, but other than that, that's all I got for outright. So, any closing thoughts you want to add before we get out of here? Yeah, I just want to remind myself and everybody else to really just appreciate this week. We're not going to see a good of good of a field. Uh, as this tournament and you know a long long time till the majors right till the majors uh the players maybe i mean i mean the players obviously but just this field's yeah. just gonna be incredible i know next week we got the wgc but that's obviously not a full field and there's no cut then you got the arnold palmer coming up pretty soon but that's just it's not on this level either it's it's good but it's not great like this one so Really just appreciate this week. Just enjoy it. Have fun. That's the most important thing is to have fun. And, you know, hopefully you win some money. But a lot of people aren't going to win any money. And that's okay. But just the important thing is to just really enjoy yourself. Enjoy it when your golfers are doing good. You know, give a fist pump when your guy makes a birdie on TV. Show a smile. Um, yeah, so I guess we're going to be tuning in to – Jim Nance and Nick Faldo on the weekend. I know CBS is covering it, so I can't wait to hear those guys. And hopefully it's a great leaderboard. Hopefully nobody runs away with it too early, and hopefully nobody goes wire to wire like last week. And, yeah, just hopefully it's a great weekend, and uh, hope to see people get their 6 of 6 so they are not out of it after Friday. That always sucks. But, yeah. Joe, how about you? Closing thoughts? Yeah, I fully agree with you guys. Just enjoy this week. I mean, an amazing field. You know, nine out of the ten uh, top ten golfers in the world are playing. Only one that's not is Webb. Um, you know, which I guess I understand. Uh, he's actually a really good long iron player, but he decided to sit out this week. So, you know, um, yeah, just really enjoy this week, guys. Because next week, you know, the next few weeks aren't going to be nearly as good of fields. So. Other than that, it's really all I got. Um, you know, let's make some money, everyone. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for the, I believe, the Puerto Rico Open. And then after that, the WGC in Mexico. So No, no actually, those those are played in the same week. Like, the good players get to play WGC. And oh, yeah. The okay, shitty okay, players okay, play okay, Puerto Rico at the same wrong. time. Yeah. Okay. All right, so anyway, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for the WGC. And then obviously the majors will be coming here, you know, not too long from now. But so, yeah, that's all we got in this podcast.
We'll see you guys next week. Let's go make some money. Enjoy the week. Adios. Out.